Hello and welcome to the February 19th, 2019 edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. My name is Mr. Joe. This is my neighborhood. This is my life. But this is our podcast journey. Welcome to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. It is great to have everybody here with me today, and of course, it's always wonderful to be out there with you as well. I hope everybody has had a good couple of days in terms of their weekend, got some rest. Many of us uh, had the luxury, actually, also of having yesterday off as it was a federal holiday, considered to be a federal holiday, President's Day, and I was also lucky enough to be able to have that day off, so it was great. Um, I spent the day, well, I had my children, all of my children, over this past weekend, and I'd like to speak about my kids in a minute, some of the concerns that I have, Uh, but before we get to that, just give you a quick breakdown or a rundown of what went on yesterday. And yesterday was a, um, a day for the kids in, in terms of just allowing them to be children. And what I mean by that is I wanted them to do whatever they felt comfortable doing in terms of, I mean, listen, we can't use the word play anymore other than my little guy, Mickey, because my 15 and my 13 year old, they don't really play anymore, but I wanted them to have a nice day uh, it would be their last day seeing their little brother, and then they were going back home to their mother. So I wanted it to be a nice day, and it, it ended up being a beautiful day. I actually took them to a, I guess you can call it a jumping place of some sort. It was uh, trampolines, actually, a whole bunch of trampolines, and um, everybody seemed to enjoy themselves. They've been there before. And while I've been mentally stable for the most part, I will tell you this, that I had my very first bout of what I would consider to be social anxiety yesterday before we arrived at the trampoline place, mainly because I knew, being that my wife was pregnant, that I would have to be a part of this jumping entourage because my little guy, Mickey, is too little to do it alone. And I didn't want his brother and sister to have to worry about him. Also, his cousins were there as well. I met my sister. I just didn't want them to have to feel responsible. So I knew that I had to buy myself a ticket or a bracelet or whatever you want to call about call, call it. And I knew that when I had gotten there or arrived there, I was going to have to uh, take part in this jumping extravaganza. Well, let me tell you this, that the entire morning up until we had to leave at 1145, um, I I mean, I had unbearable depression, unbearable depression. And all I kept thinking about was what I had to do at this trampoline place and how I just didn't want to be jumping around other parents and around other children. And I tell you, I almost canceled the whole thing. As excited as my children were, I almost canceled the whole thing. And 
let's let's face it. What does this remind everybody about? Well, it reminds me of how I used to behave around the holidays. And all the times I would fight with my ex-wife and fight with my wife in terms of wherever we were going. And I would always find an excuse as to why I didn't want to be there. I would always anticipate the worst. And I just hated being there. Anywhere I went, I hated being there. And unfortunately, that feeling once again sunk in yesterday. And I have not had that social anxiety in a very long time. And again, I was completely and utterly depressed. Now, my wife recognized it. She's pretty good at that stuff. She totally could tell that my entire demeanor was very different from the previous day. Um, Whereas I had been relatively stable and happy and sociable. She knew right off the bat that something was wrong. And to be honest with you, she's smart enough to know that that's what was bothering me. And I know that because one of the first things that she offered in terms of assisting me with my mood was asking if I would like her to be the one to go onto the trampolines with Mickey. And I looked at her and I said, well, (laughs) being that you're... Being that you're... um, pregnant, I don't think that's really a very good idea, so no. Uh, But she also proceeded to say to me that she understood what I was going through, and I've gotten through these situations before, and she was going to do everything in her power to help me get through this situation as well. And I found that assistance, or that support, to be extremely um, helpful and interesting, to say the least, because many times our support systems, they will encourage us to feel good about ourselves and encourage us in ways that remind us that we're capable of pulling through on our own. But instead, what my wife did was she made it evidently clear to me that she was going to be there for me, right by my side, And no matter what I felt and what I was experiencing, she was going to support me, no matter what. And I have to tell you all that by the time I got to the place, I was kind of fine. I really was. And once again, I anticipated the worst. It wasn't so bad. It was only an hour and 15 minutes of jumping. And um, I made it through. I made it through, which is great. So... I am struggling today, guys. I will tell you that. And you you have all you all know me well enough and long enough and I've heard enough podcasts of mine to know when Mr. Joe is struggling to get the words out and I have battled within myself today over and over again the idea of actually producing a podcast because it is so difficult for me to speak today. And I don't want to say that I have depression today, but I definitely have a a certain uneasiness about myself today, um, a, a, a tremendous lack of self-confidence, um, a state of confusion, very difficult to talk with my coworkers, very difficult to make any kind of eye contact with them. Um, I've been productive at work in terms of my own tasks, but overall, Something is just not right with Mr. Joe. It really isn't. And uh, 
Um, it could be that, I don't know, I, ha- I had a cousin that passed away last night at the age of 52 who um, passed away due to cancer. A very, very sad situation. And I have to tell you that it would not be unthinkable or out of the ordinary to think that some of my uneasiness and my and my fears and my just that unsettled anxious feeling that I have might be generated from the fact that not necessarily that I lost my cousin but anticipating what is about to go down the next couple of days in terms of having to be around my family and my mother and my aunts and my uncles and people that I haven't seen in a very very long time and I know I'm going to have to be present for all that and it's actually making me quite um, anxious now as I speak. Now, I just had to put everybody on hold. I apologize if you heard any kind of ringing, but my wife called me to let me know that when I arrive home tonight, she will be working for a total of two hours. Um, You know, everything's got me anxious, everybody. So if I didn't finish up my, um, I guess my analyzation or my observation as to why I might be a little unsettled and uneasy, it very well may be related to the circumstances surrounding the death of my cousin. Um, Nevertheless, guys, I'm not myself, and it's almost like I have, I don't want to say I'm depressed or manic, I have that feeling of just that blah feeling. Like, almost like, I don't even want to say hopeless, but a feeling whereas I feel like I just don't exist. I feel like I don't exist. And um, there are moments throughout the day today where I feel like I need to cry. So I guess you could certainly say there's a little bit of depression there going on. But it's been a rough day. And, And something else that's been on my mind for quite a few days now is especially seeing all three of my children together. Now, let me preface this by saying that my little guy, Mickey, has not, well, really all three of my children have not been feeling well. Sarah Lee has a horrible cough. Her ears are bothering her. Um, my, my older son has been coughing. And my little guy has finally got his first cold, his really bad cold. And Um, what I've noticed over this weekend are a few different things about my children. And again, I'll preface this by saying it's very possible that some of their, their overall physical health has been impacting the way that they feel overall. But I'm going to say this to you and being a person who is clearly mentally ill and comes from a long line of mentally ill people, as a matter of fact, I just kind of looked at all the old pictures of myself and my cousins and my mother and my father back from the 70s and oh god i mean seeing some of these these old faces and um some of the um old pictures has really brought back quite a bit of memories but to be honest with you my mind is in such a fog right now that i cannot even recall what the point was of me seeing all those pictures nevertheless <laughs> um well, what it's got me doing is got me thinking about my... Well, here we go. Now, I, it leads me back to what this whole point was. Looking at a lot of pictures of my mother and my grandmother and my great-grandmother, and I couldn't help but notice that 
all three of them, obviously, who are mentally ill, <laughs> kind of, as I'm looking at the pictures, I was somewhat looking for signs to see if I could see the mental illness within them. Um, but I can, I guess you could say, hereditarily thank my mother's side for transferring over that mental illness to their son or their grandson or their great-grandson because my mom and my grandmother and my great-grandmother all mentally ill and all relatively dealing with the same issues as I deal with now, bipolar and depression and um, I would imagine some mania. You know, it's all very blurry to me in terms of what I remember back from a child or a small child, but I do know this, they were all mentally ill. And that had me look a little bit more into my children and their overall demeanor and some of the things that have been bothering me. And as you all know, I mean, it it's, goes without saying that those of us who have a mental illness, well, we have to be careful with our children in terms of what they might grow up becoming like. And sometimes we even add to that instability or that quote-unquote mental illness based on our own behaviors because we're dealing with our own mental illness. So whether it be our sadness, our depression, our anxiety, um, our drug use, our alcohol use, whatever it might be, we are a, a product for our children to observe and learn from. And when we add more fuel to the fire for children who are basically susceptible to a mental illness to begin with, well, you know, things certainly can turn very, very sour very, very quickly. Now, I'm grateful that none of my children are seeing my mental illness as of late, but I couldn't help but notice some of the qualities that they're engaged in. And for example, my little guy, Mickey, and again, he's been sick, but I have to tell you, there is no physical aggression that goes on within my household. There's no smacking. There's no spanking. None of that goes on. As a matter of fact, Mr. Joe doesn't even yell at his children, which is a whole other situation. But nevertheless, what I've noticed about little Mickey, who's going to be 22 months old, is he has a tremendous amount of anger. And I, I understand that we're approaching the terrible twos. I get that. But... I see an anger in him that I've never seen in any of my other children. And, you know, I know he's a little spoiled. I get that. But he's been hitting and smacking and, you know, hitting his own head and hitting the walls and hitting toys and hitting me even and my wife. And listen, again, this maybe goes on once a day, twice a day, and then he'll go days without doing it. And it's all typically because he doesn't get his way. But... Maybe I'm spoiled by the fact that my older son and daughter just never engaged in any of those behaviors at all. And I find it very terribly concerning to know that there is really no one or anywhere for my son Mickey to learn these behaviors from. And I'm just curious as to why they are happening now and where he's learned to do those things. Or is it just an innate, normal reaction for a little baby who is pissed off that he didn't get his way. I don't know. I don't know, but I've seen some anger in him. And then I look at Junior, who's my 13-year-old son, and I have to tell you, this whole weekend, he, to me, appeared to be extremely isolated and extremely depressed. And I kept checking with him and checking with him. I asked my wife and 
you know, she said, eh, he does seem a little isolated. I wouldn't say depressed, but, you know, the kids just... One thing I will say is, thank goodness, he's really started to take a little bit more care of himself in terms of showering and things of that nature. And I get it, guys. I was a real dirtbag at the age of 13 as well. But I feel like I had a little bit more self-awareness in terms of my overall body hygiene and I was more into my friends and uh, he just again I think it all goes back to that damn game and those damn computers and um, you know video games and things of that nature I mean the kid is just so isolated and seems so depressed and so there we got one little guy who's angry one little guy who, well, older guy who appears to be depressed. And then you have Sarah Lee, the oldest of all of them, who are fi- who's 15, who had her own share of panic attacks and anxiety in the past, which she was able to overcome. And now I look at my daughter, and she's absolutely brilliant, walking around with 103 average cumulative. Who the hell does that? And I have to tell you, just so everybody is aware, when, and, and speaking from not necessarily a mental health aspect, but a disability aspect or special education. I will tell you this, that you know, when we think of special education, we think of ADHD and autism and intellectual disabilities and um, you know, ADD and ODD and all these things that none of you really need to know about. But believe it or not, in the category of special education is also gifted those people who are super smart, they actually fall into a special education category. Now, if my daughter wasn't so social and into her friends and I guess so much like me in terms of the things that she does with her body and her hair, I mean, her hair's all red now and the earrings and she wants all the piercings and blah, blah, blah. You know, if she didn't do all those things, I would say that she was socially awkward, even though it is a little strange. It's certainly, she's certainly not socially awkward by any stretch of the imagination. She acts and behaves socially like a very, very typical young girl her age. So while I'm not saying she's gifted, it's just very interesting to me that while she did suffer from all those things in the past, she's kind of turned it around and she's got that I guess you could call call it that quirkiness to her in the sense where, how the hell does somebody be so smart? I just can't understand it. So you got a brilliant person, you got one that seems isolated and depressed, and then you got somebody who seems angry. And lately, guys, um, you know, it's, it, it has me concerned. It really does. And um, I just worry about my children. I, I worry about them a lot. And I'm worried about myself to some extent. I really am. You know, I don't want to break down on on a podcast today because things have been, for the most part, good. But I'm worried, guys. I'm worried that... Oh, by the way, I'm seeing my doctor tomorrow at 3 o'clock, 2.45. And I'm looking forward to it because I think I need a lot of help. I do. Because Mr. Joe is not um, managing very well at all anymore. And for the last day and a half... I've tried to differentiate between what is sadness and what is depression. Because it's clear to me that when my children, my older children, are leaving me, I absolutely get sad. I do. But I think it's how you deal 
with some of life's situations, some of the curveballs that might be thrown your way, how you handle them and cope with them and deal with them, those are the things that matter because if you're not dealing with them well enough, sadness can very quickly turn into depression. So what I've been trying to figure out, is Mr. Joe sad or is Mr. Joe depressed? And I have to imagine, minus the fact that I haven't had any suicidal thoughts or tendencies as of late, even with that being said, I would imagine that I am going through a bit of a depression to some extent. And the only way that if I was to advise you out there to differentiate between sadness and depression, it's almost like you have to make a list of risk factors for depression. And what I mean by that is there are certain things that happen in a person's life that make them more vulnerable to actually having clinical depression as compared to sadness. And, you know, sadness is a regular human emotion. Everybody has a right to feel sad, and everybody will feel sad during their lifetime. Now, it's when it lasts for over two weeks that you have to be concerned. And if you're not talking about the duration of the sadness, well, you have to look at the intensity of the sadness. And the fact that I've gone throughout the last day and a half and felt the need to cry throughout and the confusion that is surrounding Mr. Joe's feeling, well, it leads, to me, leads me to believe that I'm depressed. And if you take a look at some of the risk factors for depression, and they're relatively easy and self-explanatory, but I want you to listen to them and understand what they are. And again, what I mean by this is if, if you have any of these things going on, it is a very safe bet to think that you may be more depressed than sad. It doesn't mean you're depressed. It just means I want you to keep a lookout and be prepared to address either the sadness or the depression, if that's what it may entail. But in order to know whether or not it's, if you're even approaching the depressive stage as compared to sadness, again, you need to know the risk factors for depression. And I could tell you this, that if Mr. Joe was able to, if I could list these and decide whether or not they were me in the, in the past, well, I could tell you right now that I would be eligible for depression. And in thinking of these, I realized that of the vast majority of them, you know, they apply to me. So this is more about depression than sadness. But for those of you who are out there that unfortunately have a complete lack of a support system going on, no family, no friends to talk to, believe it or not, that is a risk factor for depression. So if you don't have a support system, I would, I would ask that you find one sooner than later, somehow, some way, because that is a risk factor. Um, another risk factor that I would be concerned about is if you were injured in any way, and I'm talking about a severe injury, let's say you lost an arm or a leg or you know, you're paralyzed um, and you're having difficulty dealing with that particular physical injury, so to speak. You just can't, you know, you just can't seem to go on with your day because that's all you are concerned about. And you're just not dealing with it well. Well, you know, trouble dealing and coping with that injury 
know, having an injury such as a devastating one such as that can certainly, without a doubt, be a risk factor for depression. Now, the same um, holds true in terms of your mental state. If you have a history of prior mental health disorders, obviously, like anxiety, and I would put my daughter in that um, category. You know, let's say a couple of years down the road, she starts to get what she thinks is sad. Well, she should think back to her childhood and think about the fact that she did suffer from panic attacks and did have severe anxiety. And knowing that she was a person who dealt with prior mental health disorders, well, that makes her a a risk for having depression as well. And the same rings true, obviously, if if you're unable to adjust to, let's say, a, a really serious medical condition like a cancer, some kind of a heart disease or a chronic pain or a stroke. I mean, these are all things that will make a person sad, without a doubt. But if they are ongoing within your life and you're not coping with them properly, they are absolutely risk factors for for depression. Now, think about your early childhood or or being a, um, let's say, a teenager. And if you have something traumatic that went on, and I don't care if it was sexual abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse, um, any one of those things, those are all risk factors for depression as well. Uh, That inability to cope with a devastating life event such as my cousin, a death. I don't deal with it very well. I'm not able to just collect the information in terms of the arrangements, the address, the times, the place. When am I going to go pay my respects? No, can't do that and just be sad about it. Mr. Joe will just sit and stew over the fact that I'm going to see this aunt and that aunt and this cousin, and I don't want to see this one and that one. I don't want to be around my mother and my father. And, you know, inability to cope with a devastating life event. Well, Mr. Joe fits that category as well, you know. And, uh, yes, we get sad over them, but it's how we handle it. And if you're not able to handle it, well, that's a risk factor for depression. Obviously, a history of alcohol or substance abuse is another risk factor. Oh, Mr. Joe's got his hands raised for that one. Whether it be the bipolar or not, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? I don't care what it is. Mr. Joe has abused alcohol and drugs in the past, so that becomes an automatic risk factor for depression. Um, Something interesting that I thought about that might affect somebody, and I thought about this only because I uh, was thinking about sharing my bipolar disorder not necessarily doing it, sharing, but just thinking about the concept of sharing. And I said to myself, you know, we get looked at with bipolar disorder and mental illness in a certain way. I would imagine that somebody who, you know, maybe has a different sexual preference, um, you know, maybe who has changed genders or something along those lines, and they have a lack of family support or public acceptance, I would imagine that is a risk factor for somebody who, um, you know, can suffer from depression. A risk, a risk factor for depression that only, only adds fuel to the fire. So all of those things, I believe, if you have dealt with any of those things and they're part of your life right now and you think you're feeling sad, well, it could just be sadness. And let's hope that it is. However, again, if you've had trauma in your life, early childhood, if you're not able to cope with death, 
If you have, here's another good one, low self-esteem. Man, that's what Mr. Joe has today. I just talked about that. My lack of self-confidence. Well, I'm adding that to the list now. So childhood trauma, inability to cope with life events, low self-esteem. What about a family history, obviously, of people that have depression or bipolar disorder? History of alcohol, drugs, like Mr. Joe just mentioned. Lack of family support or the public accepting that you've made a choice to change your life. Or you just are who you are. Simple as that. But the public's not accepting you or you're afraid to let people know what you are. You know, difficulty adjusting to any kind of medical condition. You've been diagnosed with cancer or stroke or, like I said, heart disease. And then trouble coping with a physical injury. It's not an easy thing to do. When you know you have a chronic injury or let's say you've lost, you've lived your whole life and you've always had legs and now you are paralyzed. You know, I mean, of course it makes a person sad, but I believe that those are risk factors for depression. And I'm, I tried to pick out of a hat, guys, the things that I feel are the biggest risk factors for depression. And if these things are going on in your life or you're experiencing them, Again, I'm not saying that it's depression, but I'm saying to look a little bit more closely at your sadness and decipher as to whether or not you are actually sad or you are somebody who is going to be treated or need treatment for depression. And um, I guess that was my educational... It's amazing, too, because as I educated and I started to speak about things that I know and that I'm good at, I started to feel better. A little bit more confidence started to brew. And with that confidence came a level of, I don't want to say euphoria, but just feeling a little bit better about myself. So that's what Mr. Joe's podcast just did for me. Mr. Joe's podcast just got me through, allowed me to, I guess, provide that support to myself just by knowing that you're out there and listening to Mr. Joe. And to me, that means the world knowing that I have my family out there. So um, I hope this helped a little bit. In terms of risk factors for depression, I think that's what we're going to name this podcast. So I didn't have anything else to talk about um, other than my own depression, which I think is pretty clear now that Mr. Joe, unfortunately, is suffering from that depression. But look how amazing it is how I could just kind of snap out of it for a moment. And I guess that's what I guess that's what we call mixed episodes and rapid cycling or whatever you want to call it. I just know that... Um, It felt good talking to everybody today. It really did. So uh, I'm glad that I got a chance to podcast. And just please know that in another day or two, Mr. Joe will be back to speak to his audience again. Now, if you are currently living with a mental illness and you're doing well, I ask that you continue to work hard. If you love or you care somebody with a mental illness or a drug addiction, I ask that you continue to support that person in the very best way that you know how. And if you are struggling right now with a mental illness, I ask that you continue to fight continue to battle, and most importantly, soldier on. Thank you so much for listening to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. Everybody have a great day. I'll talk to you again real soon. Thanks.